It is Thursday, the 26th of September. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name is Will Anderson and joining me in the chat, this is, it's grand final week and uh, there's been a player down in grand final week. It's the Mm -hmm. classic, um, it's actually the classic AFL uh, conundrum, isn't it? Having a baby during grand final week. Would you miss the big game? So we've answered the question, would Charlie Clawson miss the big podcast uh, because he had a baby? Well, yes, he has had a baby, a beautiful baby girl. Iona, welcome to the world. Iona, you are going to have a great lifetime with uh, very loving parents and uh, a great lifetime of disappointment being forced to be a Sakilda fan. <laughs> that poor child. <laughs> that poor child. I mean, Limo here, by the way. Hello. Oh, Limo's here. Sorry. Is that there... was what I was trying to say. Uh, our, our grand final replacement back yes. on the podcast, Limo. Good to have you here, mate. Clawson out. I mean, his lack of commitment to this podcast is disturbing, Will. Well, you and... know what it is. It's it, When it comes to September, the Hawthorne fans, they just they know what it's like in September. Yeah. You step up to the plate. You're never going to... Ha- when, 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 uh, when, when did Laddie get born? What was the date of that? My wife's giving birth right now. <laughs> I said, no, I've got to fill in for Charlie Clawson on Will's podcast. So uh, all the best and I'll catch you later. Uh, and uh, boy or girl, we're calling this one Cyril. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. yeah, sorry. It's a good name for a boy or a girl, to be honest. <laughs> it is indeed. Laddie was born on the 26th of... Uh, 26th? I can't say 6th. It's one word I've got real issues with. Uh, of July 2016... The first game after he was born, we played Carlton down in Tassie. So that was the first game I ever watched with him. I had him on. I was sort of nursing him. while And Carlton nearly beat us, actually, in that game. But we just got up. And I thought, oh, he could be a curse if, if we lose to bloody Carlton. But we won the first game after he was born. And, and what was Hawthorne's record, you know, in that season? We finished uh, fourth, I think, that year. But we went out in straight sets. We were beaten by uh, Geelong in a final where uh, Isaac Smith missed a goal after the siren. You might remember Smithy smiled at the umpire and went back and people criticised him for being too relaxed. Uh, And he missed that set shot, which I'm sure he probably thinks about most days. Uh, And then in the uh, next final, uh, you might remember, Will, a team called the Western Bulldogs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, How did that go? Yeah, yeah, not good, mate. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> they finished off Hawthorne's season 2016. Uh, the reverse the curse game, of course. The reverse yes. result of uh, 1961. That was my reverse the curse season. That's right. Uh, because that was the last time the Bulldogs had been in the grand final. They lost to Hawthorne, of course. Yep. Uh, and 16 being the the reverse of 61. That was my omen for that year, that everything right. was going to be okay. Um, Has there been an <clears throat> ongoing dislike of Hawthorne from Bulldogs fans since 61 have you spoken to older bulldogs fans no i don't think there has been actually right. it's funny this week because um there's been a lot of people going well the bulldogs natural enemy is gws and you've got to be anti gws but yeah i'm not i'm not anti gws i know that we've had some real you know tough matches against them and there's mm. a bit of friction between the two teams but i am pro gws i am all yeah. in on gws i their song i cannot get it out of my head since they beat the bulldogs 
up there at Giant Stadium. That song has just been going over and over in my head. I've been brainwashed by the sweet Russian marching band <laughs> yes. sounds of the Greater Western Sydney Giants. It's a real earworm, isn't it? Have you seen the, I think there's a few YouTube clips, but the one I really like is someone has put uh, Russian army dances uh, to the GWS song and it fits perfectly. I know, the internet is a wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah. And it is pretty much for, there's more people who've seen that that uh, clip of Russian dancers dancing to the GWS song than there are D- GWS fans. <laughs> We've jumped on board. We've really... I've, I'm fully on the Giants. A hundred percent. I'm desperate for them to win in all seriousness. I've got lots of joke reasons why, but really, I they haven't won a flag and I just want everyone who hasn't won a flag to win a flag. And I get it. If you're a St Kilda fan, it would be kind of annoying to be on one flag with GWS. Oh, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And mm. um, I imagine there are teams that have waited 70 years that think that GWS waiting seven is probably not quite <laughs> it's, enough. It's you know, like, <laughs> But I will say this, you know, Leon Cameron being the coach, you know, he was a Bulldogs legend, one of my favourite players yes. when he played for us. I have a great deal of affection for them and he's had a really hard time, I reckon, as coach. There was all that, you know, talk of, uh, you know, he, he was handed the keys of the Ferrari and could he drive it? And I'd like to see him Mark Williams style, you know, when Choco yeah. you know, did the choking oh, yes yes. thing on the podium. I would like to see Leon Cameron up there on the podium and meanwhile, while he's up there accepting the trophy, they bring out a Ferrari and then he just does donuts in the oh. middle of the MCG to celebrate. <laughs> what a joyous <laughs> celebration that would be <laughs> flying around. He loses control and runs over <laughs> Phil Davis or something like Oh, no. But he's kind of... I, I, It's not really... I think Das might have even said it on the Hot Breakfast with you today. It's not even really a Ferrari anymore. It's more like a beat-up old Holden because they're rough as guts. The, the Giants. Yeah, well, it's like an old Ferrari. Like, it's still a Ferrari. Yeah. Let's be honest. It is still a Ferrari. It's still You're a Ferrari, right. but it's just got a few miles on it now. Yeah, it's yeah. Like one, yeah. It's a vintage car. It's uh, going to come with a couple of issues. It's going to cost you some money along the journey. <laughs> you know what? It's a Ferrari that you might see in a Bond film where the spikes come out of the back wheels. You know all those little extras that you see on a Bond car? It spits attacks out the back well it's good yeah it's got a little bit of wacky races about it uh, yes, wacky, yes. yes the gws do play like they're in the wacky races you can imagine toby green like releasing an oil slick that his opponent falls yes. over in. he's the dick dastardly <laughs> of the afl <laughs> <laughs> who's the penelope pit stop in, in the gws team uh, phil davis uh, phil davis <laughs> very likable very likable phil davis and well, that's another thing, isn't it? That, like, Phil Davis is incredibly likable. Like, if you're talking yeah. about, you know, leaders of teams, like, the way that he plays football is fantastic. Like, he's an amazing yeah. footballer. But then the way that he presents off the field, you know, like, firstly, he's just got that great sort of, like, long hair, man bun, wears glasses that you're not sure whether he needs to wear yeah. those glasses or <laughs> yes. not sort of look that he rolls with. And he's just so well-spoken and such a good leader of that club that you, you yeah, you, know, you wish him a great deal of success. He's a very cool guy. And the only Phil in the competition. Is that right? Can you believe the, the evolution of names on display in the AFL? I think there are about 65 Jadens currently playing AFL with about 27 different spellings. Well, there's, I think, and there's like, I think there's 20 different Jacks at St Kilda alone. Oh, yeah. There is so a... J is definitely a sort of letter. If you want your kid to be an AFL star, you've yes. got to name it something starting with J. But I, and I believe there's only one John. Or there might be two Johns. 
Really? In the AFL, yes. There's so many J's and only two John's. I think so, yeah. Uh, but there is definitely just one Phil, and that is Phil Davis. Now, t- speaking of the St Kilda connection, oh, sorry, the uh, Bulldogs connection to GWS, if GWS win and Leon Cameron is on the podium, will he do a Luke Beveridge and remove the medal and call Callum Ward up to the podium to receive the Premiership medal? Um. I'd love to see it. I'd love that to become the new tradition. <laughs> if your captain does his knee yeah. in, in about the first four rounds, he gets called up and given the medal. Yeah. In fact, maybe he should call up Luke Beveridge, who calls up Bob Murphy, and then Bob Murphy hands his medal. <laughs> yes. Turn it into over a, to Callum Ward, and this the former is, Bulldog. This is how it works over the years. Do you reckon back in 2004, Matthew Primus was... Maybe a, they should have the Bob Murphy medal. The Bob Murphy oh. medal for the... The, the player who should have uh, been playing in the grand final, but they got injured. The injured spiritual leader. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you happen to be the spiritual leader <laughs> and you're your injured club, and you're injured in grand final day, you still are in contention for the Bob Murphy medal. <laughs> oh, let's start the Bob Murphy medal. <laughs> the injured spiritual leader. The un- unluckiest injured player receives the Bob Murphy medal. And so like Jack Graham for the Tigers could get called up if they win. Oh, there, yeah, perfect. So, and is it handed over by Bob Murphy every year or does it go Luke Beveridge to Bob Murphy to the coach and then on to whoever is the recipient? Or do you just give, does Bob Murphy just hand it over? No, I would like it to be human centipede style that every time, (laughs) every time somebody wins it, they are added to the procession of previous winners. And so... You know, by five or six years down the track, there's like 10 people up on the podium passing the medal from one to the other at the end. I love it. This is great. And do you reckon, because uh, in, two, in 2004, Matthew Primus was Port Adelaide's captain, yes. but was injured now for the year. So Warren Treadray yes. captained them in the grand final. Do you reckon Choco Williams was looking at Luke Beveridge that day when he handed it over to Bob Murphy, just going, oh, get stuff. Get stuff, mate. It's not the time for this. It's the time for settling scores <laughs> yeah, yeah, and pretending yeah, yeah. that you're choking yourself exactly. and calling out your president. And telling your major sponsor who's paid the wages <laughs> right. of every single player yeah. that he was wrong. To go fuck himself. <laughs> Alan Scott, <laughs> eat a dick. I guess, I guess you've gone in a direction there, have you, Bevo? Handing over your medal to your captain. Well, you know what? I, I chose to tell our major sponsor that he was a real cunt. That's how I use the moment. They've gone soft these days. We both make choices, mate. Bloody or maybe coaches. we could go back and award retrospective Bob Murphy medals. So, like, you go back to Matthew oh, Primus, right. So many Primus would get one. Yeah, he would be yeah, in the running for, like, you know, you know like oh, now yeah. with the Brown, though, everyone gets a medal. But in the past... It was a countback system. You, yeah. you could go back through it and retrospectively look for who the unluckiest injured player was. And hand out your Bob and Murphy medal. Bob Murphy medal. So working back through the years, I mean, Mark Rusciuto missed the Crows 97 grand final. Bob Murphy medal. Rue gets a Bob Murphy medal. Yeah, six-time yeah. All-Australian, one-time Bob Murphy medal. <laughs> Eight-time All-Australian. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he won't hear the podcast, but he'll hear I, I ripped him <laughs> yeah. off too. Hey, Will, did you say I only had six All-Australians? <laughs> <laughs> a limo corrective I've given right. you a Bob Murphy medal mate <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. care six or uh, six eight mate calm down Peter Schwab 1989 he was suspended he was suspended can you still get the Bob Murphy medal if you're suspended for the no, grand final no. it's just injured have to be injured you've yeah. got to be injured 
Um, yeah, okay. So, uh, look, I'm sure listeners will get in touch with suggestions for Bob Murphy medals. Um, speaking of uh, medals, uh, Brownlow medal, of course, was on Monday night. Yeah. Uh, when you were last on the podcast, we both did our Brownlow tips. We both picked oh. uh, Tim Kelly to win the Brownlow oh, at that we? point. Not bad. In fact, about when we were had picked Tim Kelly, he was would have been in the top two or three for the, for the Brownlow where, at that where point. Where did he finish? I think fifth. Fifth. Him in danger. Like, it, it was that one of those top tens where Nat Fife. And uh, Paddy Cripps were kind of the two that I think in the top ten who were the only people from their team who got you know votes in the top oh, ten. Yeah, right. And yeah. then it was like you know Danger and Tim Kelly, yes, very close on votes. Uh, McRae and Bontempelli very close on votes. Uh, yeah, Grundy and Trelaw very close on votes. So did Lockie Neal have another Brisbane Lockie player? Neal and Zorko, and Zorko, Zorko made Zorko. the top ten as well. So right. there was a whole bunch of guys there who probably. Um, if they hadn't had the other person taking the votes off them, would have been, you know, closer in the running. Yeah, right. That was the Patrick Cripps story. Cripps actually polled much better, I noticed, when the rest of the people he was playing with were absolute spuds and he was just the standout in a losing team, got lots of votes. He was actually ripped off by Carlton playing well in the second half <laughs> because other people started getting votes. That's what really cost him. Yeah. Interesting, before, I don't know uh, if it worked out for this Brownlow, before before this Brownlow, Paddy Cripps had never polled a vote against a team below him on the ladder when he played them. He'd only ever polled votes against teams above him. Now, it's Carlton, and in Paddy Cripps' time, most teams have been above Carlton on the ladder, but he's never polled against a team below. Well, I imagine he must have been this one, but I know that he... I think he polled in the first eight rounds or nine rounds. It was a record. No one's yeah, ever polled right. in the first... Yeah, whatever it was, eight or nine rounds, and he polled in each of them. And yeah. then everybody was looking at the, they were going, well, they, they start winning games after this. And that fucked him. Because suddenly <laughs> fucking, you know, Kuno's getting three votes. <laughs> but that wasn't, a, where was that in the first point. half of the season? Well, Kate Simpson's getting votes? What's there was a on? moment in the call. Did you watch the Brownlow? Did no. You, no. No. So there was a moment. It was a good, they did a really good job. Gil, yeah. Gil was really quick on the votes and they rushed through the games that didn't matter. Yeah, right. And... But there was one at the end where Fife was just getting that little bit too far ahead and there was one game where Cripps really needed the three votes. And when Gil says, E. Kerno, the disappointment in his voice, <laughs> yeah, firstly, right. yeah. like poor old Ed Kerno, he's got three Brownlow votes and Gil, the distaste in Gil's mouth when the name has come, he's like, Ugh, E. Kerno. Ugh, ugh. Thanks for ruining everybody's night, Ed. Ugh. Hope you're happy with yourself, Ed. Yeah. You're not even the good Kerno, mate. <laughs> You're not meant to be getting three votes. Not even the best Kerno. I would have said Charlie Kerno, sure. Okay, three votes. But bloody Ed Kerno. <laughs> What's next? Levi Casbolt getting <laughs> Paddy Cripps' votes? Surely not. Surely not. He was the... Yeah, that's what I heard. That In the room, he was the crowd favourite. People really wanted Paddy Cripps to win. Uh, you know, I thought Nat Fife handled it very well because... Yeah. Nat's not an idiot. It would he would have also understood that, like, <laughs> you could tell in the room. It's like, you know, at the Logies or whatever when they're doing the in memoriam yeah. and somebody gets a much bigger reaction than <laughs> yes. other people who've died. Yeah. There was a little bit of that where you're like, hey, guys, don't make it so obvious that you prefer Paddy <laughs> to win this than that. Spread the love a little bit, guys. Yeah. He was good, though, Nat Five. He's an impressive individual. And he's had a great month, Nat Five. He's had he's won the Brownlow, mm. and Ross Lyons no longer his coach. A uh, couple of massive wins there. All Australian captain, of and course all Australian captain. So he's had three, 
three massive wins. Yeah, and well, the thing for him was he got up there and he said he'd you know obviously like to thank. Um, you know, uh, he would have liked to thank all the players, but he doesn't know all their names. So <laughs> that was that was tough for him. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to thank you, that <laughs> other guy. Old oh, mate, number 12. Yeah. I'd like He's to thank you. Here, 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 here. The here if you need guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, thank you to all his sponsors though which was good oh yeah God, I know he did the Lexus of East Perth thanks guys it's like oh really that's no, the, the first people you thank the names of all his commercial partners just roll off the tongue the names of his teammates a little more challenging than that if he was on, if he was on hard quiz and the topic was name your teammates he'd be in a lot of trouble that's funny maybe to make it easier for him they'll just change the players names next year well see here's the thing that I would love to see Fremantle are looking for a coach right yeah and the problem with that club you know is that you know Nat's such a big figure yeah that you know it's it's hard for someone to come in and be able to sort of deal with Nat you know how about Nat as captain coach oh what a great idea when was the last was Jezza the last captain coach I mean that that that'd just be great if Nat could, I mean Captain Coach Frio to a flag. Oh, right. oh, did you imagine the first premiership, the re-emergence of the Captain Coach? They were everywhere back in the day. Did how many flags did Barassi get as a Captain Coach? If um, the current coaches had to play, here's my question to you. Yes. So which teams? would be most advantage. Let's just look at the finals. Okay. So say, for example, you have to take yeah. one of your players out of your team and your coach has to play. Does that change the result of any of the finals? Okay. Would you... Leon Cameron and Dimmer. Well, I don't think that gives either side a evens stand-out out. advantage. That, that evens out. So then you go back to the prelims. Dimmer oh. looks like he's in slightly better playing condition than Leon, I think. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, about, about even. About like, like. Okay. okay, you go back to the prelims. Geelong, Chris Scott comes in. Collingwood, Bucks comes in. I'm tipping Collingwood there. Yeah, exactly. Bucks is fitter today than when he played. Oh, and the other thing is that Chris Scott might come in thinking, I'll be the, you know, the 22nd best person on this team, whereas Bucks would be thinking, <laughs> I'm in the top six <laughs> He's still. He's starting in I'm the I'm still in the top six. <laughs> yeah. Pendles is starting on the bench. And Bucks is in They're the They're like, guts. Bucks, you only have to play a quarter. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. <laughs> No, and I'm not coming off no, either. My check's playing a quarter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm playing the whole game. <laughs> I'm playing. So, yeah, Bucks would definitely help Collingwood. Okay, so then uh, you, then, then the next row down is, so Brisbane lost. So it's better to say Fagan. that. Chris <laughs> Okay, Fagan probably isn't going to help out no. Brisbane much. Adam Simpson, he looks pretty fit still. Yeah, see, yeah, West Coast. So that's okay for West Coast. Yeah. Bevo, definitely. Bevo's fit. Definitely, yeah. In fact... Bevo looks like, we've said this before on the podcast, but literally the only person at the Bulldogs who lifts weights. Because <laughs> <laughs> they are the skinniest young team in the competition, the Bulldogs. Yeah. And I think it's because they can't get in the weights room because Bevo's there 24-7. <laughs> or if they can get in the weights room, all the weights are on Bevo's bench press. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, guys, as soon as I've done another 3,000 <laughs> bench reps. lifts, then I'm, you guys can have a crack. It's all yours. Uh so, yeah, Bevo, definite advantage for the Bulldogs. And who else got knocked out? Oh, Wusher. Yeah, Wusher. He's, he's just intimidating, Wusher. Yeah. He was an intimidating player and he remains an intimidating bloke. Still in pretty good nick. Still, yeah. And you know what? He'd get reported and wouldn't give a fuck. 
I reckon Essendon... He'd just, he'd just be dropping blokes behind the plate. And I reckon Essendon could have done with a bit of Wooshers With bungle. a bit of shit in them, yeah. 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 So Wooshers would make a difference. Wooshers would knock a couple of blokes out. Be t- you'd be two down on your bench with Wooshers playing for the opposition. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he'd knock someone out before the first bounce. And then early in the first quarter, he'd knock someone else out. Well, maybe the, the Chris Fagan thing would go the opposite way, where people would, wouldn't want to tackle him because like, he's a senior oh. citizen. <laughs> That'd be out of respect. They don't want to snap him in too. He's like, I can't break granddad. <laughs> he's getting heaps of space. <laughs> that reminds me of Mark Rusciuto on Steve Price during the EJ Witten game, <laughs> where, oh. where Rube wouldn't go near him for fear of actually killing him. <laughs> Um, so uh, what else about grand final week how's you how's, uh, what what excites you because you've been here before quite a lot oh uh, yeah yeah what i when you when your team's in it what i love about it and you would remember this from 2016 is you read everything and you just d- dive into every possible detail uh, I remember you'd catch up with Hawthorne friends every day. You'd have lunches. You'd write out your team. You'd have alternative teams. Uh, you'd run through the opposition team. You're just so invested. It's a really... And that is your complete focus of the week. When your team isn't playing, it's kind of a boring week from a news perspective because there's no news stories because there's only two teams playing. And all the narratives have been run out. So the only interest really is around a couple of injuries. And yeah. other than that... Injuries that, become such a big story just because there is no real other story. There's nothing else going on. So uh, unless you're, you know, looking at bloody trade week already. But really, I, it's kind of a boring week from a news perspective. So I just, for me, grand final week is all about grand final day. Which uh, is okay. still... Which, and grand final day, oh, fuck, I love... Just the buzz is a really good vibe. Everyone's in a good mood and it's just exciting. I went to an FA Cup final in 1997 in England, right? Chelsea, who was my team, Barrick player were playing Middlesbrough. And that was exciting. But even going to the game, there was tension because it was English football that shit could fucking kick off. And from the tube station up to Wembley, it was just lined with police horses the whole way, just waiting for shit to kick off. So there was still tension in the air, whereas there's no tension at an AFL grand final. Everyone, it's like a party. Mood. I mean, it would have been everyone's if, in a good mood. If it were Collingwood versus Richmond, which it could have been, which yes. would have been as big a Victorian grand final as there possibly could have yeah. been. You know, two just traditional powerhouse AFL clubs with like feral fans who just absolutely get up and about with success. Yeah. There may have been a danger that there was going to be a bit of aggro between, yeah, you know, yeah. just the very nature of a hundred thousand fans from both sides kind of emerging on pretty similar spaces <laughs> in the city yeah. might have. But I, I'm not sure that we're going to have the same thing with the Richmond and GWS fans. <laughs> GWS, because if Richmond win, well, the GWS fans, I imagine, will be quite gracious and just grateful that they made it to the grand final. Uh, and if GWS win. Will Richmond be gracious in defeat? Well, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I know. I mean, because they outnumber GWS so so much, perhaps they'll feel like it's bullying. bullying. A yeah, bit it's too they, much. Yeah, yeah. It's like I think that when you see a GWS supporter in the wild, it's like seeing a unicorn. Like there's something <laughs> special about them, you know. It's just like, oh, look at you, look at you. Well, you've got they, so many questions. You always <laughs> want to go up to them and go, so. <laughs> 
<laughs> How did this happen? <laughs> What's this about? Where do you come from? I don't understand. Tell me the story. <laughs> what are you, have you ever followed a GWS fan to see where they go? Uh, you know what? See uh, if they end up in the woods. Well, funnily enough, the... The, the knock against GWS is obviously they don't have a huge fan base. Yeah. But I will say, having now been to a couple of GWS games, that the fan base that they do have know their football. Right. They're not a, you know, I remember going for years to Swans games at the SCG and, you know, the, the joke was always that, you know, the crowd were there for the day. They were there for the fact that you could buy sushi at the canteen yeah, yeah. and, you know, a nice day out in the sun at the SCG. Yeah, and yeah. the game was incidental for a while. They're not like that anymore, but there yeah. was a period of time where... Where the players catch the ball and he yeah. he footy taps the handy ball yeah, exactly. through the scoreline. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why is there four sticks? <laughs> you know, anyway, I met with my sushi. Why is there four sticks? I just need two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but GWS, their fans, are they know the game. They're, they've got a hardcore group. Mm. And after the Bulldogs game, like going back on on the train into the city with them all, you know, it was they were extre- they're an extremely gracious like yeah. you know they they're quite nice fans. So and happy just happy to be involved. They yeah, knew they've got a great team. They're happy to be involved. But if you wind the clock back to last Saturday, maybe this is a little premonition as to what could happen at the grand final. Um the only trouble at the MCG last Saturday were Collingwood fans fighting each other. So maybe that's what's going to happen this weekend. Richmond fans will go, oh, it's good. feels mean picking yeah. on GWS. We'll just turn on each other. But let's just fight each yeah, other. You know, hey, mate. Hey, mate. I know we're both angry. Yeah. But, but yeah. Come on. Like normally we gang up on this guy, but, but it just feels a bit mean. Can we so, just... Uh, yeah. You know, just a... We're just a little... Just you and I. One-on-one. On one. I'll punch you, you Mano punch me. Mano. Maybe just grab my shirt, just like a bit of jumper punching, <laughs> yeah, 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 that sort of yeah. stuff. Like, you know, some rough Tell housing. Bit of fun. You know what? Hold me down. Smash my head with my phone. Just, <laughs> but not for too long. Sp- spill my beer. Yeah, spill my, spill beer. my beer. Knock my beer out of my hands. <laughs> yep. I'll slap you in the face. Someone will film it on their iPhone. <laughs> That's right. And then we, we can just head we, home. Then on with the day. On with right. the day. <laughs> just... Get a little stress out of the system. Um, I have never seen... So here's... Charlie and I used to have this debate. Yeah. Which was, is it better to have seen your team um, play in a grand final? Because I'd never yeah. seen the Bulldogs obviously play yes. in a grand final. And he's, and my argument was that I'd rather see them... At, I'd rather at least have a grand final week. Yeah, without a doubt. Whereas he was always like, no, no, no. Having been through the St Kilda, you know, grand final oh, defeats. Is he, he said serious? it's Really? He said, yeah. So this was always our argument. Now, I am now in the lucky position where I've seen my team like play in a grand final once. Yeah. And we have a 100% strike rate. Yes. So I have never... I don't know what it's like to lose a grand final. Yeah. I know what it's like to lose before the grand final, almost <laughs> consistently yeah, throughout yeah, following yeah, yeah. them. But the one time we got there, we won. So I don't really know what it's like when on grand final day, your team loses. Oh. You, you know me. what? In 2008... I because I thought Hawthorne were going to lose to Geelong. I was just happy to see us run out, mm. and I saw our, the boys run out through the banner, and that was it. I was happy, and I was like, "Well, just the game's a bonus now." Anyway, we ended up winning that one, so that made it extra good. But I was just happy to enjoy the week and watch them run out, and that was it. I was over the moon. In twenty eleven, we sorry twenty twelve, we lost to Sydney, and I was fucking furious after that. But you'd rather see them run out on grand final day. You want to be there. I'd rather be there and lose. Is that any 
what's what's a Collingwood fan's view on this? You know, since 1958, Collingwood have played in 16 grand finals and won two. I mean, it's an amazing record of making grand finals. But it again, is. I guess Collingwood fans would be the ones to ask. Is it better to keep making them and then losing them? Yeah. Or is it better to not make it in the first place? Your, do you feel better about this year when you're losing the prelim than you do about losing the grand Ooh. final? Or not? I wouldn't. I, I'd love to see my team play in the grand final. I want to be there grand final day. And it keeps you, it keeps everything alive. Well, For the other week, it gives you another week of football to get excited about. Well, the other thing is too, that... Okay, and again, I wish I knew who had said this because I, I love this expression, but it was somebody, a senior person talking, I don't know if they were quoting somebody or if they were just talking about AFL, but yeah. they were asked who's going to win today and they said, I don't know who's going to win. Uh, that's why they play the game. And I always <laughs> love that attitude of like, yeah. literally the reason that we have all gathered here <laughs> is that we, on this, for this like three hours, we are going to play a game and at the end of this game, there will be a result one way or the other. And this is what we have all agreed to. <laughs> yeah. The day does not exist without the losers. They are as much a part of... Yeah. The winners don't get yeah. to win unless the losers lose. Yeah, there's got to be a loser. Well, I was hosting a function five years ago. It was before Hawthorne played Sydney in the grand final and I was interviewing Lee Matthews. And this, I may have told you this story, which might be where you got that from. And I said, to, uh, at the end of the interview, I said to Lee Matthews, what's your tip? And he kind of and he kind of laughed and went, "Well, I don't know who's going to win. I don't know. You don't know. No one knows. What's the point of my tip?" And I sort of and I said, "Well, Lee, there's a live crowd, and you're the greatest footballer ever. They want your fucking tip, mate." Yeah. And he said, oh, "Okay, since it's a Hawthorne room, Hawthorne," and everyone cheered and went, "Yay!" But but, but that, what I love about that is the greatest player in the history of the game and one of the greatest coaches in the history yeah. of the game has given us... And this is what I like about Lee Matthews and why he's... I think he is so great is yeah. that he tells you the truth rather than what you want to hear. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like <laughs> Lee has a way of getting to the point of it going, well, I don't know. How would I know? <laughs> if I knew who was going to win, there'd be no point playing the game in the first place. Like, <laughs> and even with the curtain completely pulled back and yeah. everything revealed, the crowd still cheered when he tipped a horse Yeah, <laughs> no, no. The crowd's like, no, we don't want to hear that. <laughs> What we want you to say is Hawthorne. Just say Hawthorne. You're playing for Hawthorne, mate. What are you talking about? You're a Hawthorne champion and Hawthorne are playing and you're in a room full of Hawthorne fans. Work the crowd, mate. Mate, read the room. Read the room, Lethal. (laughs) Great uh, coach. Can't read a room. Can't read a room. Your honesty is not welcome here, Lee. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, that's always stayed with me. Yeah, you're right. No one knows. No one fucking knows. And if you look at the form line this weekend... GWS were paying more than three bucks against the Bulldogs and they won. They were paying more than three bucks against Brisbane and they won. They were paying more than three bucks against Collingwood and they won. And they're paying more than three bucks right now. So if you follow that form line, GWS should win. Well, you, they've had to beat a lot of good teams and beat them well to get yeah. there in the first place. So mm. if they can beat all those other teams, they can beat Richmond. Why can't they, why can't they beat Richmond? Okay, as a Victorian, oh. let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, would you prefer... Because chances are you have more Richmond mates than you do have yeah. GWS mates, right? Yeah. Is it better if you don't barrack for the team and you live in like Victoria that GWS win and then just the premiership goes into state and you don't have to have it rubbed in your face all the time? Or is it better that you know Richmond win and then you just have to hear about it from your mates all the time? GWS, yep. without a doubt. <laughs> without a doubt. Send that thing into state. I don't want to hear from Richmond friends at all. <laughs> At all, I just want to go into state. I don't, Richmond fans are the new Hawthorne. 
Remember Hawthorne fans were super annoying for ages? Mm. Yeah. Oh, you'll be back. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I feel like... And what, do you feel this? Richmond fans have taken over? Richmond fans... Well, the great thing about the Richmond Army is they get up and about real quick. Oh, yeah. You know, like as soon as there's a whiff of success, suddenly yeah. they just start pouring out of everywhere and they enjoy their success. Yeah. Like... I was always interested as a Bulldog fan because our response to winning the premiership was very Bulldogs, which was we kind of won it by accident and then we went back to being shit. So there was no, <laughs> like we didn't have any, we didn't have any time to gloat. There was no time where you could see a cocky Bulldogs fan. We had four good weeks, we won a premiership and then we reset it just being one of the middle clubs. So you couldn't, couldn't, could not get a swagger up yeah, basically. Yeah. But Richmond fans, they, you know, Bulldogs fans' natural level is keep a lid on it. Richmond fans is lids where we're going. We don't need lids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bandwagon sparked up. Yeah, we're we're fucking out of here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and they really are. It's I know, and a lot of Richmond fans have this, you know, possumism, where they're positive but pessimistic. Oh, yeah. Like they're all up and about about their team, but they try and convince tell you why the other team's better. Like this week, they'll go, oh yeah. Oh, you know, I love Richmond and we're really good and feeling good. But, you know, GWS, they've got a lot of great players. They've got a lot of really good players. And, you know, I wouldn't trust the odds. And they've got, you know, Phil, Phil Davis is fantastic and Toby Green. I mean, he's, he's going to be really good this weekend. And so they kind of try and talk themselves out of it while still remaining positive. Yeah, about their, that, about their I, yeah I understand what you're saying. They, they can be... They, they, they're probably more positive about their opposition than their opposition fans are. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I've got to be honest with you, I didn't think GWS could win, but Richmond yeah. seemed to think we can, so <laughs> I'm convinced. <laughs> right, we're a chance. We're a chance. So I just, I just want it to be close. I love it. I mean, last year was amazing. Well, if it could be that close again, I'd be over the moon. But people forget that it wasn't close. Like, it looked like it was going to be a terrible grand final. I was sitting yeah. next to Husey, and at quarter time, he was talking about leaving. He was, was like, this is over. It was a five-goal margin yeah. at one point in the first quarter. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, this is over. This game is over. I might go home. Yeah. Well, it was not <laughs> over, it turned out. Well, I saw Collingwood fans leaving last weekend. After Jeremy Cameron kicked that goal in the last quarter, Collingwood fans started leaving. Now, they ended up losing. Yeah. But they almost pulled off one of the great comebacks of all time. Uh, that would have been controversial, though, because obviously uh, they're using the arc now the AFL Review Centre, yes, the Ark, the Back Cave with all the uh, flat screen TVs. What a um, fucking debacle that joint is! Well, didn't we? We knew it was going to be too, though, didn't we? There was always going to be a fuck up with the Ark but, system during the finals. But since when do you introduce? Uh, you know, and I love that they're trying to do this thing as properly as mm. possible. But since when do you introduce new technology or new systems mm. in the finals? In the finals. Like, you start this shit during the JLT series and you then you get it right for the main season and then you've nailed it by the time the final. Nah, we'll, nah, we'll get a we'll fucking pilot a program happening during the finals. You know what it'd be good to do for the finals? Get people to lose all confidence in the system. <laughs> That'd go. be good. And we've got a bunch of trainer umpires. We're going to give them a run yeah, through the gonna, finals as well. Yeah, no, no, no. Hopefully it'll come down to a really crucial decision that yeah. might decide a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. There's a brand new ticketing system we're going to introduce. It <laughs> uh, should be great. We're nah, going to do that for the finals as well. It'll be sweet, mate. Yeah. It'll all be good. Yeah. And we're going to schedule all our finals at different times. <laughs> you know what? I fucking... Are you in for a Twilight Grand Final? Mm-hmm. 100%. I know, that, I know that people are traditionalists and that oh. people don't like the... 
yeah. you know, the idea of a night grand final for reasons that the NRL have had it for ages and it's great. Yeah, people go, oh, people get too drunk. If the fucking NRL can pull it off, I'm pretty sure we can pull it off. But also, are we really... I'm not sure that we should be making the decision around when it's best to play the game over whether people will get too drunk or not. And let's feel like that responsibility should be more on people not to get so drunk so quickly. 400 arrests, bloody AFL. Like it's the AFL's fault that people roll out of bed on a Saturday at 8am yeah. and start drinking cans. That's not the AFL's responsibility. That's the person's well, yeah. mate, you got to start drinking at eight on Grand Final Day. <laughs> yeah, that's No it. matter what time. Like, yeah. the idea that somehow people wouldn't readjust their drinking. <laughs> just, you know, Are mate? people just going to start drinking later? The game's two hours later. Guys, uh, <laughs> we've got a bit of a play. Why don't you start drinking two hours later? Oh, hang on. Have a hang sleep on. in. Have your first beer at 10 a.m. <laughs> You'll be fine, mate. I was coming here today, it was just after 10, I was driving through the city, and I saw two blokes in a bar on the corner of Russell Street mm. and uh, Flinders Street, whatever that bar is, and they're drink, drinking beers. It's like 10 past 10 in the morning on a Thursday. Well, I don't know, am I getting old and boring? But I just think, fuck, really? Well, it's so there's a public holiday tomorrow, grand final yeah. eve. And so I guess they're people who, you know, so there's always someone who will skive an extra day off a long weekend. So these boys have just started their... Just but, but, but what I would say based on that is the idea that it's the AFL's responsibility of how drunk people will be. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, those two guys started drinking on Thursday. So <laughs> can't have a Twilight Grand Final. Well, those two guys who started drinking Thursday morning might be too drunk how, for the game. How pissed are they going to be? Yeah. <laughs> Right, new grand final time, 9am Wednesday morning. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's got to be sober (laughs) for the whole game. But the other thing is, if the grand final was at 9am on a Wednesday morning, there'd be blokes who set their alarm for midnight and got up and started drinking cans. (laughs) There'd be breakfast would start at (laughs) 2am and people would be blind when they get there. It'd be like life in Alaska when it's daylight for 23 hours a day and the golf courses are open all night. That's what, anyway, so... um, Okay, so what are your plans for Grand Final Day? So I am, uh, I've got a Hawthorne gig in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got ABC Grandstand outside Gate 2, outside Broadcast. Uh, and then I'm just going in and smashing beers and enjoying the game. And that's my, that's my, and I'm just, I'm so excited. It's just Grand a, Final Entertainment, what do you think? So we've got Tones and I, are you familiar with Tones and I? Tones and I, I love, what a great story. Melbourne but, Busker, Frankston maybe even. Busking in the Burke Street Mall yeah. 12 months ago. Went to Byron Bay and wrote that song for, to, I think, Entertain Backpackers. Mm. So the backpackers would have something to dance to. Just amazing. Yeah. I love it. In fact, I think there's a place called Cheeky Monkeys where they all go or something like that oh, in right. Byron Bay. But it's Dance Monkeys, the song. It just knocked off, I think, Kylie for like most weeks for a female Australian artist oh, yeah. at number one in Australia. Beat the loco- beat Locomotion. Yeah. yeah. Which is a stunning story, right? Yeah. So Tones and I, good local story. Love it. Paul Kelly, you can't possibly go wrong with Paul Kelly. Well, see, I think they see Paul Kelly doing two songs. Not enough, is it? Why, why, why is he only doing two songs? Well, see, I think they should sign him to a long-term deal. That's the new trend in the AFL, you know, the seven-year <laughs> yes. deal. He yeah. should get a buddy deal for grand final day. Just yeah. come back for the next seven years, 
roll yeah. out two of your greatest songs each year because he's got so many good songs. Oh, you yeah. can easily just go, we've locked in Paul Kelly. If Gil's like, I'm winding up in a couple of years, but as my final act, I've locked in Paul Kelly as grand final entertainment yeah. for the next 10 years. Oh, I'd love that. And in fact, do you know when on the cricket, when a, like when a batsman comes out and they play music, what if Paul Kelly, in fact, during the Ashes, remember that bloke mm. on the electric guitar? Yes. Where was that, at Lords or something? Mm-hmm. What if Paul Kelly was just up on that platform in the Ponsford stand and just there for the whole day? I just whenever there's a quiet patch in play. He just belts well, out a song. Let's say there's blood roll. We've got to wait for a minute. Paul Kelly just starts banging out to her, not to her door. Yeah, uh, well, he could do, like, I mean, I love that. That would be yeah. that perfect opportunity just whenever there's a gap in play. Yeah. It's filled in by Paul Kelly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what a great day at the footy. We've got to go to the arc for a goal review. Yeah. Oh, Paul He's Kelly. Paul Kelly. <laughs> can fit in a whole song <laughs> for that. Well, no so, one would mind if they took their time. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, we're, we've got to go to a different camera angle for this. So Paul Kelly's going to do his Don Bradman song. It's right. eight minutes. Yeah, great. I love it. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a big advocate for Paul Kelly and a long-term deal yeah. as well. To be honest, mate, I didn't even need the stretcher. I just love Paul Kelly. I just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, players cutting themselves yeah. <laughs> to go off of the blood rules so Paul Kelly can get another yeah, song. I know. What were, you, what were you screaming out when you were on the... I was screaming out how to make gravy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, will he do how to make gravy? So he'll do... He'll do Leaps and Bounds. Leaps and Bounds. That's and what's you. the other one? Will he do the Adam Good song with Dan Sultan? Oh, you know what? That'd be great. I reckon that'd be a perfect one for him be to do. for the second Maybe song. if he brings out Dan Sultan too. Oh. So him and Dan yeah. play together on great. Grand Final Day. That would be amazing, actually. Mm. I would love that. Um, all right. Uh, we should. Uh, you've got to go to a gig, so um, let's... Cool. let's what, are you, what are you doing Grand Final Day? I am thinking about, for the first time in a very long time, not going to the grand final. Yeah, right. Um, uh, I've got some other things on in my life, but but also I just haven't sat at home and watched it on the TV for like a decade or something. And Mm. I quite like the idea of, yeah, watching the broadcast. Because like it is great going on the day, but there is also something about, firstly... I always do feel when they're not my teams, and particularly if I'm not entirely invested in the teams, yep. that you're taking a ticket from somebody who, you know, right. would be enjoying yeah, it yeah. more than, than you are. Um, it, but the other thing is that there is something really great about, I grew up watching the broadcast. You know, that idea from early on in the day that you can watch the broadcast, you can see all the things, yeah, you yeah, get yeah. a different perspective on the day actually watching it at home. So I'm thinking about actually staying at home and watching it on the, on nice. the telly. Yeah, yeah. And well, you do. Well, you don't miss anything when you no. watch the broadcast. No, and and I can lie on my couch. Yeah, I've, yeah, got, well, a, I've got a bad back. I'm an old man. I don't want to sit <laughs> in some plastic seat yeah. at the MCG. Parts of that that's appealing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know what my favourite this... thing about the grand final is? My back doesn't hurt. <laughs> Yeah, no. And I can eat whatever I want. <laughs> great. Yeah. Great. And I ordered Uber Eats. It was a real great day, to be honest. You can cuddle the dogs on the couch. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You know what's bad about Grand Final Day at the MCG? I can't bring my dogs in. So, imagine that's what they should do for crowds, yeah. teams that struggle with crowds. Yeah. Well, Hawthorne did on mm. uh, Father's Day this year or Mother's Day. Uh, just let they have dog friendly mm. days. We can take your dog into the G. I mean, that would be. But you know what? That's the sort of thing your Gold Coast should be. 
Like the, the teams that need yes. to kind of have a novelty theme to get have, people to the football. Yeah. Maybe Gold Coast become like a dog-friendly <laughs> team. That's so you can always, whenever Gold Coast yeah. play, wherever it is around the country. Bring your dog. Bring your dog. Dog Gold, gets in. Gold Coast are in town. Dog gets in for free. <laughs> dog gets in. And if a dog runs on the ground, you've just got to let it go. You're not allowed to chase it. Just let it run around for the rest of the quarter. No, I no, maybe just like, uh, you know, how people used to sprint for the, the centre of the field at the end of the siren, <laughs> the second <laughs> siren, and people would sprint for the middle. Yeah. After the second siren, everyone can release their dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And then on the ground afterwards, everyone's running around with their dogs. They can play kick to kick, but also have the dogs. And they have turn, the do- oh. turn the ground into a giant dog park afterwards. What a joy. Yeah. And don't forget your poo bags. <laughs> You've got to take poo bags. <laughs> We can't leave the G covered in shit. Uh, so take your poo bags. There we um, go. That's a proposal for the Gold Coast Suns. All right. I'm going to Lee Matthews you. Um, what are your predictions for the day? Uh, I'm going to say the the Giants by seven points and Toby Green for the Norm Smith. I just feel like that would be – that result to me would create the most interesting storyline – um, for grand final day. Um, Basher Hooley's going to be big. It'll be interesting to see yeah. if they tag Basher Hooley. Well, he uh, nearly won the Norm Smith two years ago. Yeah. In fact, he could have easily been awarded the Norm Smith and people would have been fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I, yeah, Essendon must be wrapped. They let him go. And <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't he just flourished at Richmond? <laughs> um, so Basher, I think if Richmond win... Hooley might be, um, you know, you're sort of right in the frame for the Norm Smith, I reckon. Yeah. But I think if GWS win, and that's what I'm going to... I think I'm I think I'm think in for GWS. Yeah. If GWS win, then I think it will be because DeBoer has shut down Dusty Martin. And, yeah. And so I reckon there's a chance oh. that DeBoer gets the Norm Smith for... For shutting down Dusty Martin in the grand final. Well, if he does, that would that would make him by default their best player. The, yeah, the most valuable the most player on the field. Player. Yeah, because I think that GWS. I feel like GWS have more stars in the depth. Like mm. you look at them, and you go, it could be Toby Green. It could be, um, you know, you you think of about the fact that they kind of have ten of those sort of style of players who you're all like, oh, that person's an absolute gun. That person's an absolute yeah. gun. Whereas Richmond. Yeah, that real top end of what they do is where I reckon where's going to decide the game. Uh, yeah, they need that. They need their stars to fire. Dusty, Tom. If, I mean, it's a great day. They're going to win. And great Jack- day for the expansion clubs because I mean, obviously you've got GWS in the grand final and the captain of the Gold Coast yeah. playing in the grand final. So that's <laughs> yeah, true. And Dion Prestia, and uh, who could win the uh, Norm Smith as well. But I, um, uh, what was I going to say? If you know, always when you watch a grand final, because I grew up, as did you, with grand fights starting at the beginning of the grand mm-hmm. final. So every year I get excited thinking, is there going to be some biff? And there just isn't. Because they're so professional and focused on the game and the game plan, etc. But I just have a feeling that there's something about this GWS team and the players in it that there could be 
something could kick off early in this There's game. at least a, li- a feeling that with Toby Green now playing in a game where there's no real consequences of what happens next week. Yeah. and Because and, we've and, seen how he plays when there's massive consequences <laughs> there's, yeah, of next week. Couldn't so. care less. Yeah. And the mummy as well. I just think then, the mummy's yeah, got it's, potential. It's, it's got to be, it's probably going to be Mumford's last ever game of AFL. So, and the yeah. best thing that he could possibly do is just clumsily fall on people all day long. He doesn't need to bash them. But yeah. if he just like ambled up to him and just kind of like fell on him all day long. <laughs> Shane Mumford, Norm Smith medal. No possessions, no hit outs, fell on the legs of Dustin Martin, Tom Lynch. Easily Jack the Giants' Rewalt. most effective player. <laughs> most influential. The clumsy bulldozer. <laughs> so I I think it's going to be, yeah. it's, there's lots of potentially good storylines. So I'm predicting a bit of biff as well. Uh, well, Lemo, thank you for being uh, Philly and Charlie in Grand Final Week. I know you've got a uh, gig that you have to go off to. You've, uh, you're the first person who's certainly ever done this podcast in such a uh, uh, fine-looking suit. I'm wearing, wearing a bloody suit, and you are. I saw. Tom- I was particularly, uh, I was particularly worried about Ramona jumping up on you uh, before because I was like, you're going to be covered in her hair on your nice suit. No, but, it's all good. And I'm, you've got a pair of uh, Wu Tang Clan uh, I do socks too. on as well. I noticed. <laughs> very, <laughs> very fancy. Is that a Wu Tang symbol? Yeah. This is how much I and know then, about Wu Tang. And then you're rocking the Wu Tang <laughs> on your socks. <laughs> right. You know what? They're really comfortable socks. <laughs> <laughs> That's what people often say about the Wu Tang Clan. What's Wu Tang's greatest legacy? On how comfortable their socks are. <laughs> Possibly the widest thing that has ever been said. The... I mean, it's a funny you know thing what? about the Wu Tang <laughs> Clan. Well, I tell you what, you know, you've never seen a, you haven't seen a pair of feet until you've seen Ghostface Killer's feet. (laughs) (laughs) He just has a beautiful foot. Oh, I mean, you know, the one thing about the old dirty bastard that wasn't dirty was his socks. He was a man who just never had tenure. This is a a clan with wonderful feet. So, uh, Uh, Well, Lemo, thank you very much, my friend.